David. Hello, mate. I've been thinking. I know it's a dangerous thing and I shouldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what have you been thinking? A lot of the podcasts say with COVID origin, we're looking at if and why people are not telling the truth. And behind it all, you sort of think, well, is it money? Is it is it politics? And then there's there's also another side, which is the belief that you're either left wing or you're right wing. And I th mm. think you have professed to being of the left. And I don't, sure. th I don't think I've really sort of said anything. Now, so I'll, I'll sort of say, yeah, most of my life I voted Labour. And now I kind of don't, the left and the right for me don't seem to be, I don't, I, what am I trying to say? Well, let me ask you a question. Do you really believe that you or anyone else thinks that the party they might vote for really understands what's going on and really has a plan which is going to address the problems and solve them? Easy question and easy answer. No. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. My name's Ian Stroud. And my name is David Malone, and this is Hyperland. Okay, David. Well, I, I agree with you about left and right. I think, I, I can't help but think that we're still using left and right, and in you know, we have parties of the left and parties of the right. Yeah. And while the left and the right are different ideologies, I can't help but think that that political spectrum from left to right is something that we inherited from, what, the turn of the 19th century into the 20th, when the Labour movements really got going as a political movement. Yeah. When, you know, when you had a Labour party, which was concerned with the power of and the benefit of labor. And then you had the right-wing party, which was on behalf of and looking out for the interests of capital. And that made sense. And I think that yeah. was largely the way the world worked. And I'm not saying that there isn't a left and right. Of course there is. But are those two competing kinds of power really the fulcrum upon which our present politics rests? I mean, is, is that are they the two powers that exist in the land? Well, I, th from, from, I think I look at the left and I just don't think I can agree with everything. And it's that agreement and that identity that is being pushed. A good idea is a good idea. I don't really care. I mean, I, I don't see many good ideas, but if the Conservative Party came out with a good idea, I'd, I'd, why would I disagree with it? Why would I fight against that? You know mm. what I mean? Well, I do think we're, I mean, I agree with, I share the feeling that there is an increasing um, sort of shrillness around uh, conforming. Yeah. It's no good having, sharing some of the ideals. You have to conform to all of them. And if you don't, there's something wrong with you and you're suspect. And it's the sort of purity of the revolution thing. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, that was lampooned perfectly by Monty Python you know, in, life, in Life of Brian. Um, funnily enough, it's gotten worse since they lampooned it. 
Um, yeah. yeah. And but I I I increasingly think that trying to analyze things in terms of left and right doesn't allow you to understand what's going on in our present politics. I think it's yeah. it's using a vocabulary and a sort of a philosophical framework which is over a hundred years old but also then the, the, there's there's in terms of vocabulary there's invention of new words that come out that i think alienates people well yeah okay that's certainly true but i i, I think in terms of the need to conform i think that is a a particular it's a problem more on the progressive left <laughs> than it is on the right i mean that's the funny thing the right has always been very sort of um open-minded about you know can you be are you right wing yeah uh, you know if you say yeah i'm sort of right wing oh you're in mate whereas the left it, it is the monty python yeah well do you believe this uh-huh do you believe that yeah mm-hmm what about this? And if you answer to the, the last one is no, oh, well, then you're not good enough. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're not pure enough for us. And I, I can sort of understand it because often to become left wing, lots of people who, who are left wing have gone on a personal journey yeah. of sort of what they feel is a discovery, you know, that the way they, their parents told them the world worked, they get, you know, they, they go on a voyage of discovery. It's, it's quite painful because they have to leave behind things that, that they were told were true and they discover they're not. And so there's this sense of, if I went on this difficult personal journey of discovery, you have to have done the same. Yeah. Um, otherwise, you're not really one of us. And it, it it's always it's always weak at the left because you know you get this constant splitting of the left into its you know we're the People's Liberation oh. Front of Judea. Well, we're the Judean <laughs> People's Liberation Front. Uh, and you never get that on the right, do you? I mean, the right's just some big sort of you know shambly hairy creature that you know, it doesn't you yeah. know it doesn't even all have to work together it just sort of vaguely sort of rolls along over the top of all opposition i mean you've you've spoken in the past about um why people find it so hard to sort of separate one item and sort of say well i disagree with that and it, and you you spoke about the whole structure of of their ideology collapsing yeah well i, I do think that, that the collateral the collateral damage theory of why people hang on to things and why they're reluctant to change yeah it's the one that works best for me you know that that i'm willing to change my mind about something as long as i think changing my mind about this isn't going to knock over any other of the dominoes of my world yeah yeah yeah, whereas whereas if you say this is wrong and i can then think about it and go yeah but if i accept that then you know that falls over and that falls over and that falls over and you know yeah then, then, even if I present you with the evidence that it must be right, this, the the damage that it's going to do, the amount of psychological destruction <laughs> this it's going to wreck is so great that you just go, no, no, I'm not going to do that. And I I do think that's got to be at least part of yeah of why people. Okay, but, I mean, well, I was going to sort of say we we're talking about the left and the right, um, mm. but I think we both agree that politics generally isn't working it's, it's no i mean there's a I've got another question for you yeah do, okay do you do you think um no uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah sorry go do you do you think that if uh labor win that um kirstama is going to be able to do all the things he said he's going to do 
Oh God, you're you're a nasty man. Um... Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I think Labour. I don't think Labour will win. I think Labour, I think the Tories will lose. Yeah. Yes. I, uh, yes. I. Um, I actually was paid up member of Labour for a few years, and now I feel that down. Um, yeah. I'm sad to say. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm not surprised. I mean, and, and to be honest with you, mate, I'm, I, 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 I've looked and I'd, I can't see anything anywhere else that I can I can truly put my heart behind. Yeah, well, see, that, that I think is very interesting because I think it's a different political world when people vote positive positively for something they really believe in they think yeah. this is the way forward this you know you know if you believe that your party understands and that because they understand they've got a plan which will address the real problems that's a different political world from when you say what you just said i don't really see a solution anywhere but when i line them up they line up in so distasteful i can't possibly ever vote for them i you know it, I, I couldn't make my hand put the tick in the box <laughs> through to I don't believe this will work, but it's better than all the alternatives. Yeah, And I think that's the political world we're in at the moment. And that's a very fragile world because if you don't understand the difference, if you haven't thought about the difference, you've never asked anyone yeah. whether they're voting positively or because they believe or voting oh, negatively because it's just the least awful. Or, or then voting you, because you, it's, you, it's my identity, and you know that's my background. Like you were sort of saying, my parents. Um, yeah. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. yeah. To the outside, if you didn't know that difference, if you hadn't clocked the difference in why people are voting, you would say, "Well, yeah, this party won back in 1945, and they're winning now." Yeah. See what I mean? You, you might think it, that it, it it looked the same, whereas I think it's completely different. It's incredibly f fragile. So. I genuinely believe we're coming to a point where the old political settlement and the old political understanding, I think left and right are both exhausted. Yeah. I don't think either of those parties or any of the small ones in between. Oh, okay. um, yeah. Well, one, that, one of which I'm a member of, the Green Party. I, well, I was, um, I, I was just about to say that is one party I kind of have in the past looked at seriously at putting a putting the tick next to yeah well i sort of want to stay away from it because i don't want anyone to think i'm trying to say oh yes vote for this party uh, <laughs> I, don't, don't, I don't want you to i mean i ran for leadership of the green party and, and you I did very second. well yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, well you say well i came second but yeah. it was a very very different second but there different were second there because was... the green party suffers from what a lot of small parties do which is there's only one name which people recognise in the Green Party, yeah. Caroline Lucas. And and so if you weren't paying attention, you'd go, who are all these Herberts? You know, they're just yeah. a list of names that could be from the local PTA or people at my bus stop, but I know <laughs> Caroline. So quite quite naturally, most people voted for her. Yeah. Um, and also so, she, it was a joint uh, leadership yeah. as well. And so also Car Caroline two, proved two herself one. to be a very good MP. So, she is, she is. Yeah. Why, wouldn't, why wouldn't you vote for her? I mean, I stood against her because I had reasons for thinking that there were very serious things that neither she nor any of the other people in the party were paying attention to, namely finance, global finance and economics. economics. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do have long-standing ties to the Green Party and I still am a, a paid-up member, but yeah. only just. And it's simply because I do think there needs to be an environmental party. Yeah. I'm just not sure the one we've got is the one I would want. <laughs>
But I, I, I do think the main political parties are exhausted. I don't see any reason to believe that they understand the problems they face. Because I think if they did understand them, both parties have had the better part of 30 years, well, certainly 30 since, since you know, um, global finance became properly global, to look at the new problems which face every nation, including ours, understand them and do something about them. And if after 30 years they haven't even made a start, they haven't even said a single thing which sounded like insight, Yeah. then I don't think that they know what's going on, but they're just waiting for a better moment to reveal it to us. I think they don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think they've got a clue. Um, okay, so what's the answer? Sure. Well, I mean, I, I think what's going on uh, is that the relevant political way of looking at things is no longer left or right, yeah. but is global and, for lack of a better word, national. Ooh, and national. Well, in other words, not global. You call it national. You could call it local. All oh, right. I'm, okay. Okay. I'm I'm choosing national just because it flags up a lot of the things which people find worrisome. Yes, so I, I'm doing which is why there. I was flagging it up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I mean, I, I think you can see that that's the the important political uh, spectrum. Yeah, in the way that certainly the Tories and Labour um, have started to to tear down the middle about global versus national yeah, I mean, yeah. you, you, you saw it in a particularly nasty bilious form of a brexit but you also see it in terms of trade agreements so i i think the fact that you can see the the the, the fault line running through both major parties yeah says that that left right that it's no good just saying well we're all right wing or we're all left wing or we're all yeah. labor or we're all tory because then they're well, not all the same anymore. They're, no one, they're no. splitting on this new divide. Yeah. Um, I had a conversation while I was away, and it was it, it, it's why I thought, well, maybe this is the time to talk about it. it I just was chatting to a couple, um, Spanish couple, uh, and without me asking, this was unsolicited. Yeah. They started saying, uh, we were just chatting about the, the elections and whatnot. And they were saying, well, we don't think either party understands anything. And I said, well, you're going to vote for someone. And they both said, we'll vote for someone, but we don't think it'll make any difference who we vote for, really. It said, obviously, there'll be some things, but it said it's not going to solve any of our problems. We think that the whole political system is a bit lost. And and they said this unsolicited. So they were saying the sorts of things we've just been saying. And they're talking that uh, this is about they were Spanish and they're talking about yeah. Spanish elections. They're not commenting yeah, on, unso yeah no okay. unsolicited yeah. here's people I, i'd never met before and they we started having this conversation so i started asking the kind of questions i've been asking you yeah. and they weren't shocked or offended or had that you know look on their face like i've never thought this before the looks on the face what they said is yeah of course yeah yeah this is what we've been thinking about so i find it really interesting because People often say, well, how are you going to start the revolution? I mean, how are you going to get political change? I mean, and it's always a how are you going to do it thing. Yeah. Um, whereas I think the reality is it started. The yeah. old system is broken and is exhausted. And people who haven't ever thought in their lives, like, vive la revolution, that's not what they are, <laughs> are beginning to think it's not worth voting for anyone. All of them are lost. Yeah. 
and people are beginning to see, I think, that these big questions of what do we do about globalization? What do we do about um, jobs being offshored or um, cheap goods being able to be dumped on the market and there's no defense yeah. or uh, the low wage uh, economy where you say, well, we we have poor working conditions and low pay, but the way we're going to solve it is by saying, <laughs> let's get some people from a poorer country to come here who will be grateful to do the job. Mm-hmm which is a low-wage economy, whichever way you look at it. Yeah. I think the political change is happening. What's not happening yet is our ability to generate a discussion about it using vocabulary that's capable of describing what is actually already going on. You know, I think maybe we are now at the place where you can say, well, could we have a new political party? If no one's interested, if if you, if you, Ian, are thinking, I don't know who the hell to vote for, none of them, I don't believe any of them are going to do anything, is now, because, you know, I've thought about, you know, it's a question I've asked people for donkey's years, and everyone always says, quite rightly, well, how do you do it? It never works. It won't happen. It did happen with... Um, UKIP, they came yeah. out of nowhere suddenly. You may not, I'm not, I'm not saying you have, I'm not advancing UKIP as... And isn't that a wonderful thing? Oh, no, no, it's no, no. More, but the principle, it's more just, yeah, you it, can, it can get happen. political it party. Can, yeah. I, I've kind of laying in bed uh, at night thinking about ideas. And the only option I can see is is people running independently and un, under an umbrella where they don't all have to agree on, on mm. the principles of everything apart from the, the, the want for better things, for change, mm. for good. Yeah, I mean... I think it's, don't you think it's interesting that this particular moment, as Labour says to itself, oh, we might be able to win this next election, that there is now this concerted centralising of power that for the, it's not for the first time, but it's really marked now, the central party is dictating who the candidate in any place can be. So that's, they're severing that link between the person you vote for and the place Mm. you live. Yeah. And they're just saying, no, we. It, it's much more like it is in most European countries, because there's another thing that came up with the Spanish, funnily enough. That, um, and they were, you know, they had strong views on Brexit, as you, as you might imagine. Yeah. But then they surprised me when they started saying, yes, but in many ways, England's more democratic than Europe. And I have to say that completely took me by surprise. So I did a double take and said, what? <laughs> explain, explain that to me. It's the first time I've ever been accused of living in a country that's more, more democratic, democratic than somewhere else. Yeah. Um, and they, they said, well, in most European countries like Spain, um, the party, you vote for a party and then the party has a list of its people and it just assigns whichever person it wants to, to be your to representative. Yeah. And, and they said, we like your version where there's some kind of connection between your MP and where you live. Yeah. Um, and I think it's interesting that Labour is at this moment trying to sever that link. Yeah. So you, you're getting more of a look. We don't, it's not about representing you. It's about being on message with the central party's list of things which you must agree to. Yeah. 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 So at the risk of sounding silly, I'm going to suggest to you, a new political party. 
a one party or or a... I've got I've, I've got a name. <laughs> you have been thinking about this. I've been thinking about this for years, mate. Um, oh, so David. <laughs> I know, I know. It makes me an object of ridicule, but I don't care. I've reached that age where that, I think, yeah. go ahead, laugh. What do no, I care? I'll no. be dead soon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, if I was twenty, I might think, oh, this is not going to go down well. I'm never going to. I'm yeah. never going to get a girlfriend if people are laughing at me. I, I, I don't care. So laugh away. I'm laughing so, with you, mate. I'm laughing with you. <laughs> so I thought, okay, you, you've got to have, if you can't have a name for your party, which helps people in, in a word or two words to understand or get some strong feeling of what it is, yeah. you're, you're not going to get anywhere. You know, if it's the, um, we like small furry animals, we want to be <laughs> kind to be everyone party. You know, it's, it's not going to work. Well, I was so, thinking more along the lines of the monster raving loony party, but uh, yeah. okay. But in a certain <laughs> way, they, that name does tell you a lot of what you need to know. But the name for my party is the Home Party. Okay, um, all right. Um, that's sending me slight messages. Of... Mix, mixed messages. Yeah, yeah. That's what I like about it. Okay, um, right. Okay. The the basic idea, apart from the fact that it's a single word, home. Yeah. I'm going to vote home. Well, it's comfort. Um, it raises comfort and security and safety and, and, and yes. love love and warmth. So it's already good from that that advertising point of view. And the other side it, of it is we don't care about anyone else who doesn't live in our home. That's and, the negative and part. And we're locking so, the door and you're not coming in. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think like all political parties, you know, Labour, oh, yeah, so you just care about Labour and anyone who's got money, you're going to tax them to death. So there's always a, a give and a take in it. What I think the Home Party is about is saying we have to stop treating our houses as property. We have to start treating them as a home. Yeah, yeah. We have to treat our um, country as not just a place to do business, but as our home. And we have to treat our planet as not just a big ball of resources to be exploited yeah. but as our own um, and your home should be somewhere where you take care of the people in it yes I but do. yeah i don't know about your home but i like my home to be a welcoming place and i like i like to invite people to my home i i, I have and when they come to my home i want to i want them i want to feel that they have enjoyed being here yeah and that they've felt that um I cared enough about them that I wanted them to be comfortable. I've had um, five years of re restoring this property and I've had all kinds of people and, and some of the stories I've heard, when I just get some biscuits and a cup of tea out and one guy turns yeah. around, oh God, we were working for this posh woman down the street and, and you know, it was baking hot and we were really thirsty and she said, yeah, you can use the outside tap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> But then you also kind of, you have the ability in your home to lock a door. You have the ability, ability to invite people in. Exactly. And when you invite someone in, you want to treat them well. But you also expect when someone's a visitor to your home, that they should respect the fact that it's your home. Yeah. Um, so it, it cuts both ways. Um, I don't think you need to see your home as a fortress that you lock people out of. No. You can do if you want. But that's not how I see a home. But a home has that, all those connotations of 
something that you, um, your job is to look after it. Yeah. Um, you know, there's no point in using your home to the point where you've got every single atom of value out of it and it falls down. Yeah. Okay, so leader of the home party. Um, yeah. Where, where do we join and, and how does it work? And yeah, come on, <laughs> well, uh, There gonna, is no such thing as a home party. Who's going to stump up the, the money to <laughs> allow me to stand? I don't have any of, of that. What yeah. I think the home party is, is a way of starting the discussion, which I think we have to have. We have to say the old political settlement and the old political vocabulary is no longer working. And we have to have a discussion about new and new politics and the new new parties. Um, not because I want the revolution to start, but because that political process of change is underway. Well, it is because I, I looked into um, revolutions years and years ago and, and I can't mm. even remember, but there were three principles of of why in history revolutions have taken place. Um, a lot of it obviously is about the economy and people being poor, mm. but also like people just being comfortable. There's not going to have anything. So you can see agitation mm. building. Well, the most the most famous quote about revolutions is it's the kicking in of a rotten door. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and I, I don't think you need to be left or right or anything else to realise that the door is rotten. Yeah, yeah. I think we have reached that point. Plus, we can all see that there are now powers that have direct power over our lives, which are not simply those defended by the Labour Party or by the Tories. Mm. There are international, um, the capital is organised in an international way, which is completely different. And, and those powers do exist and they have power, which our present political system doesn't know what to do with. Yeah. And so I have this vision of all these people we keep sending down to Westminster and they all sit in their little control rooms oh. and they're busy pulling on the little levers and pressing the little buttons. And the the stupid ones think they're doing something and they're amazed that <laughs> and and are always amazed that nothing seems to go right. Yeah. And they think it's a conspiracy from people from the other party. And the clever ones know that none of the levers are connected to anything anymore. Mm. But they like drawing the salary, and so they go through the the motions of saying, yeah. "Yes, I'm going to press this button, and I'm going to move that to the left." And but they know that it's not connected to anything. I mean, well, along those lines, there's nothing I can say that hasn't been said before, and I'm, you know, I just I, I kind of fear as if are you pointing out the obvious? Yes, I, th I think that's when <laughs> political change happens. I think when you point out when you're agitating for the revolution, you're pointing out things that you you think are true, but it's not obvious to people, then you're just that nutter at Speaker's Corner with the Che Guevara T-shirt and the beret jammed down on his head shouting the odds. That's who you are. Yeah. Because nobody else can see it. The only time when that person gets any traction is when everyone turns around and goes, yeah, yeah, all right, mate, you're telling us the obvious here. Yeah. I, I do think it's, it is now becoming obvious to other people. And so then I think that's the, the point where you, you can begin to dream of saying, well, maybe you could launch a new party. Yeah. Maybe you do need to start to have the discussion to say, let's not just roll our eyes when someone says, let's have a new political party. Go, oh, yeah, don't, don't be ridiculous. Have no, another I, pint, don't, pint I, I don't. Down. I think we're at the point where we should have that discussion. Yeah, no, I, 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 I don't roll. My, my eyes are not rolling. Yeah, so that's what I mean by the home party. I mean, 
Do I think there could be a home party? Well, I'd love to think there could be a home party. Do I seriously think, yes, there must be a home party, that's the answer? No, I, I, but I think discussing something like the home party is a way of starting the discussion that we have to have because okay. otherwise events are taking place and powers, new kinds of power are, are assembled and our political parties are not doing anything to protect Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna be brave now, and I'm, I'm gonna ask you a question. Sure. In our financial podcasts, we've spoken about the economic system being broken, but one of your things that you alluded to earlier was the Green Party, and you in the past have told me it, it's it's sort of seen the Green Party as not just a environmental party but one that's got an economic yeah well this is a this is a long-standing argument i've had in the green party and have lost it numerous times <laughs> well, what would be your economic policy well okay i can i can do that in a certain way but before i just want to take a step back because I, I i do think before you can get to that level of discussion you do need to bring people on so that they're willing to have that discussion oh no I'm, I'm on <laughs> so, i know i know you are mate but i think a lot of other people are yeah and so i would want to ask a question to people and say look okay um we had an nhs and it worked yeah and it and for well i can go back 30 probably 40 years of international studies that were done yeah um, that every single one of them and there were a bunch of them done in the 90s, showed that the NHS was the best um, public health system yeah. in the world yeah. on every single measure that there was. Yeah. And these were done in this country, in Europe, in America, everywhere. And it worked and we paid for it. And now we've had successive governments who, when it comes to being elected, will tell us that they've done a fantastic job, that, that you know, their policies have have helped strengthen Britain, you know, things can only get better, whether it's Labour or Tory, and we're the sixth largest economy in the world, and now we can't afford an NHS. Now, how do you square that circle? Well, I, I, the I know it. the sixth largest I'm... economy, and all our political parties tell us how what a wonderful job they're doing, and because we followed their their ideologies, everything should be fine, but now we can't afford it. Well, my, Surely something's wrong there. Yeah, well, my belief on that one is, pass me your tinfoil hat, um, <laughs> it's been run down. It's been run down to uh, break it up, to sell it off, and for people to be able to make money on it. Yeah. So why do people vote for that? I, I don't. <laughs> I, I, no, I don't but, vote but and I don't I, want I, it. Obviously people have, or they haven't necessarily voted for that, but both political parties have gone along with it. Don't forget, Tony Blair did a lot of the yeah, privatising yeah, yeah, yeah. of the NHS. I, I, I think that's. I think we've been fed lies in terms of um, this is a better way to go. And and well, if we just outsource this little bit here, I, I think when it was happening, I was like, well, this is the start of a house of cards yeah. falling apart. And and, yeah. and and again, good point in terms of um, home and a belief in something because because there isn't an option um there isn't somewhere i can vote that is gonna that's gonna it's the same with the the water authorities and the water companies yeah well i mean the the idea behind the home party is that before we get into the policies what is the general sort of 
outlook of this party. And it's to say we shouldn't have property, we should have homes, that our country shouldn't be a place of doing business, it should be a home, that our planet shouldn't be resources, it should be home. And that, yeah. that simple insistence does, I think, give you a clue as to what the party would want to do, what it what it thinks is uh, a health, a healthy and happy way of, of existing. I'm not letting you off the hook, mate. I want to know, no, no. I want to know your economic policy. Okay. Well, my economic policy you, you would... You pulled me along, part of, part of my economic policy with this, um, that I don't think huge international trade agreements, as they are currently envisaged, are a good thing. They um, enshrine as part of them, including the, the ones we've signed more recently, uh, invest the state dispute settlement, allowing private companies to take a nation to arbitration. And in that arbitration, this is not a democratic process. It's not a legal process. And public, the public have no right to know who's judging them, what evidence is being used. They've got no yeah. right to make any submissions and they have no right to know upon what evidence the decision was made, nor who made the decision. Mm -hmm. And it's legally binding and has teeth, has legal teeth, which means that, that the whole countries have to cough up billions. Now, I don't think that's a, a good thing at all. And both Labour and Tory are in favour of it. The European Union is in favour of it. This this got swept aside under the whole Brexit thing. That, um, well, I was going to bring that up, actually, because we had the TTIP uh, being talked about before yeah. the referendum for the EU, because I hate that word beginning with B. Um, yeah. And then it was taken off, and then it was... It was but the, there was a weird kind of... Um, I saw messages on social media that were saying, TTIP is terrible. Um, you know, bad idea at selling out the NHS or it's putting the NHS potentially on the market. Um, yes. And that was before. And then, and then uh, the, the referendum came about and then people who were who had voted to to remain, I think, then were coming mm -hmm. out and sort of said, oh, the TTIP has been taken off the table and this is terrible and it's all the fault of the people that voted the other way. And you're kind of like going, hang on a minute. Yeah, well, it, it was it was confusing. You see, the person who was pushing in America for the 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 TTIP um, agreement and two others was, yep. it was Obama, who was in favour of it, and the European Union was in favour of it. And the person who knocked it on the head was Trump. Um, and it's not because he's completely against international trade agreements, although he is more protectionist yeah. than. Yeah. than the Democratic Party. So th th that swung people, everyone, all of the, in brackets, <laughs> correct thinking people said, yeah. well, if Trump's in favour of it, it must be the devil's policy, so I'm I'm for it, which was particularly stupid. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's um, come back to me, mate. It's called the Transatlantic yeah. Trade and Investment Partnership. Pro yeah, that's yeah. it. Thank you. Um, and I was deeply involved in that. Yeah. Um, sub, you know, making submissions to the to the, the Commons and the Lords, and yeah, and I, I I did a whole series of public lectures up and down the country. I used all the proceeds from the debt generation to do that with yeah. my colleague um, Mark Tanner, yeah. um, and and that is one of the things which 
if you want to be a party that's going to do anything really radical, mm. and by radical, I mean just getting to the root of the problem. That's what the word radical means. Yeah. You know, if, if you've got a garden full of weeds, there's nobody pulling off the leaves. No. You've got to dig out the roots. That's what <laughs> radical means. It means the problems are down at the root level. You've yeah. got to dig those things out. That's what a radical party is. Yeah. Um, and my, the argument I made to the, to the Green Party and last was I said, lots of things in your manifesto, which are wonderful sounding, you won't be able to do any of them. And either you don't know that you can't do these things, in which case no one should vote for you because you don't know what we're talking about, or you do know, but you're not being very truthful to your electorate, in which case no one should vote for you. Okay. Um, this didn't go down well, as you can imagine. <laughs> and I didn't want the Green Party to be the same kind, and I don't think they need to be. But if you want to be a properly radical party, there are some radical things you've got to do, and you can do them. Yeah. So there are, there are certain international agreements we've made which we would have to repudiate. Yeah. And having repudiated those, then, you know, and I could bore you with what they are, but I'm not going to, um, but they've all got names, and people in the Foreign and Commonwealth Office know exactly what they are. You then can go and say, right, well, we've repudiated this agreement and that agreement, um, and because we've now done that, now we can repudiate um, upwards of 80 or 90 of these trade agreements and their investor state dispute settlement clauses. And does that mean that we'll all die in a ditch with poo in our head, unable to get any pasta? No. Um, you know, that that was what one of the silly things, many, many silly things that were said about, about Brexit. Was Brexit a great idea? No. Are we all now starving to death? No. Um, so you could make those changes and you'll have to. If yeah, yeah. a country doesn't begin to get back under control, it's sovereign control, some of the levers of finance, then you won't be able to do anything. Which you know? is why I asked you about the finance, because I think yeah. crucially I mean, that is the most critical part of... You need to be able to um, tax global corporations. You need to be able to regulate them. We don't really do either. You talked about um, taxing at source, you know, taxing when you buy something as opposed to... It's, a, it's the nuclear option, but it, it can be done, yeah. Why if isn't you, it done? Well, because what people will say is, um, you know, if you tax on uh, sales, then the company could conceivably just not have enough money to run itself because you you, you don't know what their internal costs are. Yeah. You know, what they should be able to make their profit, spend all the money out of the, the profit, they, you know, it's not enough, their revenue, they should be able to make revenue, spend out of the, the, the gross revenue, all the stuff they need to pay their workforce, pay their, you know, their... Um, research, pay their warehousing, pay all their yeah. suppliers, and the money that's left is the profit, and then you tax the profit, which, if companies were honest, that would be a fine system. Yeah. But they're not, and the, the degree of their dis their not honesty, you can measure exactly in the number of accountants that they hire <laughs> from the big from the big four accountancy. Just tot up their salaries, and that's the exact pounds, shillings, and pence measurement of the company's dishonesty. Yeah. And that's why, you know, Apple, for instance, vast amount of their profit goes to the small um, subsidiary. Well, it's not the subsidiary, the, the part of Apple which owns the Apple copyright, which all other parts of Apple have to pay immense amounts of money to for the right to use that. And guess what? It has to be incorporated in a low tax, no tax place. So then 
when they paid all the things that you think they should pay for, and you look at the number, you think that's a hefty amount of profit. Yeah. Suddenly that profit largely disappears and it disappears into this thing where they say, well, we owe this other company this yeah. amount of money. And yeah. it nearly always turns out to be nearly the amount of money you were going to tax them on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So if, if they're going to continue to do that, then there is a nuclear option. But the other thing we could do is this country happens to have um, control over a large number, not all by any means, but a large number of the low-tax, no-tax um, havens for capital. Yeah. Well, we could shut them down. We could change the law. Of course, they would all probably then um, well, have leave, yeah. independence parties funded by the United States would spring up. Um, uh, but we could begin to do that. We could say to companies, unless you pay what we think you should pay, we'll tax you on sales. And a small country couldn't possibly survive because they'd say, well, we're not going to sell you our computers. Yeah. The UK is a big enough um, economy that that would hurt any company, really seriously hurt. So, and I'm not saying that you just do those things on day one, they will be fine. You have to do them in the right order. You have to give people the warning that you need. You can yeah. begin to deflate the, the runaway property bubble. Yeah. You can deflate it in a way which doesn't wreck the economy. You can begin to do it, but you have to begin to do it. But yeah. that's taking away wealth from people who don't want to give away their wealth. The only reason I pushed you into that was to see yeah. that there was there was behind the eyes, the excited eyes, there is actually mm. some there are cogs that are moving. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, it's not like I can conjure up a political party or a political settlement or a political program which will be the answer to everything. I'm not that kind of politician. Yeah. All I am is someone who says, I can see that the intellectual tools we're using don't fit the thing we're using them for. So it's not surprising we don't understand what's going on. That's a very dangerous position for an electorate to be in. So step one, start to try and understand the world as it is, yeah. using tools that describe it as it is, instead of trying to look at it cockeyed and only see in it what fits your worn out intellectual machinery <laughs> so that's that's a start and from there you can begin to think well maybe there are what look like intractable problems maybe some of them aren't intractable we should do away with this notion that protectionism is the work of beelzebub it's not mm. we need to be much much more honest and it's a topic i don't want to go into at the moment but we do need to be more honest about the effect of large immigration on working conditions and pay. Um, there is an actual debate to be had. There's no good people saying, oh, you can't say that. When people say, oh, you can't say that, alarm bells ring. Yeah. Of course I can say it. If I'm wrong, you can explain it to me. But if you don't even want to go to the bother of explaining it to me, I'm guessing it's because you can't. <laughs> um, so there, there are lots of very difficult topics which we need to discuss. We need to have a national industrial policy. We need to have a, a national uh, research and development policy. Yeah. You know, why are we still subsidizing the, the part of nuclear technology which doesn't work? There are parts of nuclear technology which might work, might work. You know, the fluoride, deuterium, uh, <laughs> nuclear reactors, they might. But we, we're subsidizing the part of nuclear technology which is fatuous, whereas we've never really supported in, in terms of um, 
research and development, any of the new renewables, and we ought to be doing it for hydrogen. Yeah. So yeah. there's lots of sensible things we could do. Our, our state of education is just absolutely appalling. And that might not seem like the most important thing when you're having difficulty paying your mortgage and you're worried about, can you give your children something to eat which is not going to poison them? I can understand thinking, well, education will get to. But if you don't educate the next generation, you have no hope in under 15 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not a long timeline, you know, and um, the education system in this country is appalling. Well, I'd, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd like a, a whole hour to discuss that with you. Yeah. So I think, I think we need to have that discussion. I'm, I'm, you know, sure, we'll found the home party. Would it be the right party? I don't know. We need to have the discussion. <laughs> but I think there needs to be a party that does look at, that does say, and this is just my view, that the answer isn't in globalization. Yeah, I don't think globalization is the answer. I think so much of globalization is wrong. You know, the 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 very brittle long supply lines, you know, the just in time. We saw how dangerous and stupid that is with um, with COVID. Yeah, you know that. The, all the all the precursors to all our medicines were made in China or or, or India. Um, but we're is, that, is that sensible? We're seeing the and same thing with roots and, and bird flu as well, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. So I, I think globalization is not the answer. And when and when those in favour say, "Oh well, it's just because we we had we didn't set it up right," and there's a much nicer version. Yeah, that sounds like every capitalist I've ever heard. Yeah, you know. Um, Sure, show me show me this wonderful cuddly version, and I'll I'll vote for it. But I haven't seen it. I haven't even heard a rumor of it. <laughs> <laughs> so I I I think we do need to say, why in this country do we ex, do we have to import half of our lamb? Yeah, that we eat while we also export half of what we met, uh, what we we grow. Yeah, that just who who's been what sense is there in that, and who does that benefit? We have long chains of middlemen who make a fortune for moving shit that could be made here, but is made somewhere else, and then they move it here. <laughs> and it's not because in this other place they've got some magical pixie dust which allows them to make it a lot better. Yeah. Generally, it's made there because working conditions are worse. People work for less money, and environmental and workplace regulations are lower. That's the main reason why things are done elsewhere. And none of those things are good, so why are we still doing it? Yeah. Why is that? Why is this the way we run the world? Good point. Well I, made. Anyway, there you go. I could go on for for years. And I, I, I know you can. That's why I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> the ball gag's going back in, mate. <laughs> Excellent. Good. <laughs> Thanks for that. And yeah, we need a slogan. Well, you need a slogan. I, do. I, I yeah. need to, to sort of think about if I'm joining. <laughs> Let me know. All right. Mate. I will do. Cheers, mate. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed it, please leave a review. And if you'd like to leave a comment, which would be great, we've set up a Hyperland Substack. So go to Substack, look up Hyperland, leave us a comment. We'd love to know what you think. And if you've got ideas that we should cover, that would be great too. Thanks That'd a lot. Brilliant. Thank you.